Hello. Good morning. Well, it's pretty loud. Everybody hear me okay? All right. Well, after that worship service, I think we could just dismiss church and we all been in the presence of the Lord, amen? How do you follow up something like that? Uh, before we get started, I had a special prayer request uh, asked from the church to take a moment this morning to silence and pray for a, a family member of someone here who's battling cancer, and I know there's a lot of others out there who are going through something this morning that's tragic, and I know it's easy to get up here and praise the Lord, but when you have something like that going on, it's not quite so easy, and we want to uh, uplift them this morning and pray for their family, so let's bow your heads. Lord, I just love you. God, we just, this morning, Lord, as we come and praise you, Lord, we lift these family members up to you. We lift these ones up who are struggling, Lord, and we all have our struggles, Lord. And I just pray that uh, as sickness and, and things uh, try to drag people down here, Lord, that it's a constant reminder, Lord, that we are living in a fallen world. God, and that we hope for and we long for your return to redeem our bodies, Lord. God, I thank you that we do have hope in you, Lord. And I pray most of all, Lord, not only for healing and things like that of these people, Lord, but I pray they know you. I pray that they would see how good you are this morning. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, would penetrate our hearts and our minds as we open your word. Lord, I pray that this message, Lord, would not be about us, but that we would focus on you and what you would have to say, Lord. God, I pray most of all that we honor you, Lord, and we thank you for dying on the cross for us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles this morning, um, we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 12 at one verse there. But also, if you want to go ahead and turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, put you a bookmark or a place marker there. We're going to turn there as well, if I stick to my notes. But I was told by my wife that when I stick to my notes, I repeat myself over and over trying to collect my thoughts and to just preach from my heart. But when I do that, a lot of times, um, we, you may be here a while. So, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, put you a bookmark or a place marker there. And then we're going to look in Romans chapter 12. But I want to speak to you this morning. I just want to talk to you and be honest and real with you. Because a lot of times... When I get up here or others, uh, our pastors, our teachers, they teach a class or you preach a message, you know, you'll hear the messages and I've, I've preached them myself where, well, you know, if you live by God's word and you apply this to your life, 
then this will happen. Your marriage is going to be healed, you know, or restored. You know, all of these blessings will go, uh, come to you in life. And, and that is um, correct in a sense, but in a lot of, a lot of ways it's, it's also not true. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning because I, I don't want you to think as I get up here and I preach a message that I got it all together. Amen? That, man, my life is just so great so I can get up here and just praise the Lord and preach a message. And, and that it's not uh, resonate with you this morning. Because a lot of us here, if we're truthful, a lot of you here this morning uh, told some lies this morning. Because when you came in, people shook your hand and said, how are you doing? And said, oh, I'm doing great. Right. And it was, that really wasn't truthful because a lot of us are struggling. Right. And I'm going to be honest this morning, I ain't doing that well. And yes, I said I ain't. I'm redneck. Amen. I, I was homeschooled, project, you know, so hey. <laughs> I love homeschool, so. But listen, you know, the truth is we all struggle in life. We all have things going on, whether it be sicknesses, illness, whether it be financial troubles. Uh, even as believers here, we, we have a gospel that's preached around a lot of times that when you become a believer... Uh, when, you, when you profess Jesus, you know, walk the aisle, do these things, that life's just going to get better. And that's just really not what the Bible talks about. Matter of fact, Jesus says, those who strive to live godly shall be persecuted. You're, every book in the Bible, I just listened to a message this week where a pastor took in New Testament, he said, you know, we like to take and pull one scripture out and take it out of context. And because one guy was blessed with this, then we want to try to apply that to our lives but he took every book of the New Testament and he pulled Scripture out of every book from Matthew to Revelation. And in every book, there's a pattern there that goes on and says, Hey, you as believers, you who are going to pick up your cross and follow me because the world hated me, and you, they're going to hate you. You're going to have persecution. And a lot of times we think of persecution as just someone trying to kill us, but it's not. It's just people trying to uh, ruin our witness, trying to bring up our past. It's all sorts of different areas in our life where we face persecution. And also just struggles and trials in our lives. We're, we're as children of God, okay, when you come and you accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that you trusted in Him, that He died on the cross that he was buried and he rose again. That's the gospel. When you trust in that, you're saved eternal and your life does get better because you have the Holy Spirit that comes now and indwells in you. See, listen, when we're born now, we're born spiritually dead, okay? We got some major issues. When we accept the Lord Jesus and he comes and lives in us, we are born again. That's what he talks about. And, and, and our lives do get better in that sense because now we have, we're not alone. We're going through this life with Jesus living in us. But I want to talk to you about, because our, even though our spiritual man has been reborn and, our, and has been bought and purchased, our old bodies, our flesh, the things that we face in this life are still passing away. We look forward to that time when Jesus comes and redeems our body. But right now, we're still going to face, we're still going to get sick. I mean, look at us. Look at me. I, I don't look as good as I once did. It's a constant reminder when I look in the mirror and there's more hair missing every day. Say, my body has not been redeemed yet. I look forward to long hair in heaven. 
It's true. I look forward to being in better health. I look forward to that time when I don't have to be have a constant reminder of my past sins. Amen. I look forward to the time when I can just shout and praise and not have the weight of everything that I've got here in this world and I'm just in the presence of the Lord. And I, I think a lot of us are that way. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. See, I want to, I want to read you something before we get into that that came to me <clears throat> because I want you to understand something. I'm not getting up here to preach. We as pastors and teachers, we don't get up here, ones who share their faith, we don't get up there and, and preach because we want personal gain or because our lives are going to get better if we do it. Because Paul talks about that here in Romans chapter 15. I want to read you something. In Romans chapter 15, verse 19, he says, If in this life only we have hope, in Christ. So he's saying, if we have hope in Christ because we want our lives here to be better, if we have hope and we come to church and we do these things, religious things, because we want our best life now, as one man wrote in a book. If we do that, he said, we are of all men the most pitiable. Because you got to think about it. Paul, he didn't have a lot of things very good going for him in this life. You know, he, he, he had sickness. I believe he was losing his eyesight. He had pleaded to the Lord for him to heal him. And he says, no, my grace is sufficient. He didn't get the things he wanted. He was persecuted. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He didn't have any money. He lost his friends. All of the churches, that, all of the people he discipled who were right there with him, who he, who he sacrificed for, all in the end, almost all of them other than a few, forsook him. They turned away from the truth. All of his buddies and all the friends that he run with and all the ones that he taught and took the time with and sacrificed all of the things that probably he wanted to do, they all forsook him. And we all face that in this life. We've had friends and people we, we've spent time with, co-workers and people we ministered to, and, and we've discipled them just for them to fall away and then talk about us behind our back and and then we come here and act like we got it all together and praise the Lord. Amen? But here's the, here's the truth. Here's what I want you to understand. Is that we're not doing this just for a better life here. We're doing, we're doing this because we have a gospel that we need to be preaching to a lost and dying world. And we know that even if we don't see it here, one day God's promises will come true. Amen? In Romans chapter 12. Verse 12. He speaks to us about this. He's talking about to believers here. And he says, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation or affliction, depending on the version of the Bible you have. Continuing steadfast in prayer. Now, I want to focus on two words here this morning. Now, I'm going to use the word affliction instead of tribulation. It's basically the same definition and meaning. But I want to mention the word affliction here this morning because it, to me it resonates a little more with us because we can all say, hey, we're, we've faced or we are facing some affliction, some trials, some problems in our lives. A lot of times when we use the word tribulation, we just think about the tribulation period. But this is something that's personal to each one of us. And I want to look at Two words, affliction and patience. 
and hopefully to encourage you this morning. Now, the definition, I looked these up, and the definition for the word affliction means something that causes pain or suffering. Another one was persistent pain or distress. How many of us have facing some, some struggles? Something. You know, a lot of times we think of persecution or affliction as just, you know, someone, as I said earlier, trying to kill you, you know, because we see that in the Scripture. But, I mean, this says it could be anything that causes pain or suffering, sicknesses, marriage problems, whatever our struggles may be. They may vary here, but we all are the same in the fact that we're all going to face it. And he says that... He points it out here that you're going to go through that as a believer. You're going to face many times of pain and struggles in your life. One I liked was a mysterious problem. That was one of the definitions. A mysterious problem. Sometimes we don't know what the heck is going on. Like you're trying to do right, you're trying to do this, and just all things are falling apart. You're like, man, I, what, Lord, what am I doing wrong? What? And he says, you're, you're going to face these things. I mean, and then when we go through these troubles, I think about like he says in First Peter, you know, because we always like to think when we're going through this, like, Lord, why am I doing Am I the only one? I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm trying to do right. I mean, you know, and, and why is all this stuff happening to me? It's like you feel like you're the only one at that time. I look over here at so-and-so is being blessed. You know, they got this really nice job, and I'm struggling. I can't even afford to pay my light bill. You ever been there? Yeah. You know, in First Peter, he says, he talks about this. He says, don't think it's something strange ha- right. that, that, that you're being persecuted, that you're facing these trials, because it's going to happen. Now, in looking at another word here, the definition, or the, another word was patience. Or to be patient. In verse 12, I'll read again. It says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Now, if you look at that word patient, the patient definition of that is to be able to accept or tolerate delays or problems or suffering. And now, it doesn't say you're going to be exempt from. It says you're going to have to be able to accept it. Now, that's a hard thing for a lot of us to do. A lot of us here don't have patience. We want it now. We want it our way. That's why we have fast food restaurants. We can't even wait five minutes for our food. Okay? And when we pray, we want the answers now. Lord, what is your will for our life? Give it to me now. Lord, you know, my loved one is going through this trial in their life. They're sick and they've got, you know, all these things. We want you to heal them now. And he said, that's not always the case. And we need to be able to accept that if the Lord doesn't answer us now, that one day His promises are true and they will come true. If we don't see the rewards now, we're going to see them later. A lot of times when we minister to people, whether it's the lost, someone we don't know, and we preach a message and you just know somebody's going to come down the aisle and get saved and then nobody responds and then you leave out of here and you're discouraged. Like, I'm going to quit. It's in them times when you want to quit. You say, Lord, I'm not going to do it ever again. I remember the...
But I remember he's staring at me. Willie, all of them are looking, and, and people are, you know, they're staring at you like, what are you going to say? Like, they almost look like, hey, mess up, and I'm going to get you. <laughs> but I, I gave my testimony, and I, I talked about some other things that the Lord had laid on my heart. And I swear, during the whole time, I blacked out. I don't remember anything I said. When I, when I came to, I just looked at a bunch of people staring at me. was like, you just bombed it. When I left, I said, Lord, I quit. I said, I'll never do it again. I was discouraged. Nobody said anything to me that night. Nobody said, hey. And I, not that I'm looking for that, res- for that recognition, but, you know, when you pour your heart out, you want somebody to respond. You're like, I want God to use me. And when you don't see anything happening right now, you feel like God didn't use me. And so I left, and I was discouraged, and I said, Lord, you didn't use me. Nothing happened. I bombed it. I'm not doing it again. Don't ever ask me to do it again. You know, maybe make me a good voice I can sing. That didn't happen. I thought it did and, until I asked my wife. She said, no. That, man. You ever, you ever done that? No, that's, that's a rabbit trail. I've recorded it once and thought it was good, and then I listened. Oh, no, can't do that. Lord didn't change my voice. But I remember months later, this was months later, I was in another place, another church, and this young man comes in. He was about my age. I was young back then. And he come in, and he said, hey, do you go to Cedar Creek Church? And I said, yeah, I didn't know him, never saw him before. And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, man, was, did you give your testimony a few months ago at the church, you know, at the men's meeting? I said, yes, I did. He said, I, I wanted to thank you. He said, I've been looking for you. He said, my friend bought me that night. He said, I got saved that night. Just because we ain't seeing it now doesn't mean that God is not fulfilling the purpose. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's to be able to accept that whether you've got to continue to persevere and whether you're going to see the blessings now, you've got to accept that even if you don't, even if you come to Jesus and life gets worse, that His Word is still true. That's what patience is. It's being patient, rejoicing in hope. Because what's, what's the definition of hope? You all heard. It's the things that are not seen. Okay? We may not see them here. Your life may not get better. There isn't all these steps you take and your life gets better. Now, there is promises. Let's use your marriage, for instance. There is promises that if you live by God's Word, that He can restore your marriage and give you a wonderful marriage. There's many testimonials around this room about that. But that also takes two people. Here's the truth. God's honest truth. You might be the one following Jesus and the other one not, and your marriage never comes together. Why? Because God's not going to force the other person. Now, you just keep doing what you're going to do, and He will bless you. That's the truth of the Scripture. In Galatians, see, we've got to... for maybe many years and you're serving in the church you're living by God's word the best you can and you're trying to put your other one your spouse first you're trying to do what's right for the Lord maybe you've made sacrifices and you're just not seeing things come together like you thought it would you're not seeing the the you know reaping what is it what are we talking about the fruit okay you're not you're not seeing the fruits of your labor okay and 
We just want to quit in them times. And I want to encourage you this morning. The Bible never promises that you're going to see all of the fruits of your labor here. But one day you will. Don't quit. That's what, It's simple. It boils down to that. Don't give up. Because what does he say? He says in Galatians 6 again that you will reap in due season if we faint not. If you don't quit. There's an if there. Because we can quit. God's not going to force us. We can quit on our marriages. We can quit on, the, we can quit on God. And we're not going to see the things that he could have done or would have done through us later on. I think about this when we sit before the judgment seat of Christ. Amen? Now, there's a judgment seat that all believers are going to sit there. And it's a time of loss and reward. And I think about that because how many of us would get there because we don't, we don't like to sacrifice things for other people now. And when we sacrifice our time and we don't see the fruits of our labor and we get discouraged and we want to quit, but how many of you, if you could go and see the judgment seat of Christ now, if you could see your life played out like on a screen. And we got here and we seen Brother David and, and everybody was sitting there and it seen all them hard times he'd gone through, all the times he wanted to quit, but he continued to stay up late. And he continued to study for a Sunday school class. And even though people didn't show up and they went to football games and they went camping and all this instead of listening to what he has to say, and then he gets discouraged, and he could have quit. But he says, no, Lord, I'm going to continue to persevere because I know one day I'm going to get to you know, harvest, reap what I, harvest, what I sowed. If we could see it played out on the screen, And we could go back and we could go and look at that. And then you see, hey, all of them late nights, everything. Then you see all of the people that, you know, the the things that was linked together and how many lives he impacted and how that it changed this one man's life. And because it changed the one man's life, now all his children are saved. And now David gets to see his own children there. And everyone's now, as I look and I think about the many times that we are struggling with Slade and and because, you know, that's a physical thing that we have to deal with constantly. And I pray all the time for the Lord to heal him, and I don't see it. And I get discouraged, and I don't even want to pray for him to heal him. Or I think, Lord, you're not seeing us. You ever been there? You're not answering my prayer. How come I'm seeing it over here? This guy got it, but I'm not getting it. What am I doing wrong? And, I, and, and you get discouraged, and you want to quit, but there's something there. The Spirit telling you, don't quit. Don't quit. That's why we have Jesus said it's better that I go and that I send the Spirit because He is the helper. He's the one that's going to get you through. That's the difference in a believer and a non-believer. We're going to face the same things, but we have the Holy Spirit to get us through it. Amen? I want you to understand that, to rely on the Spirit. That's why He says to walk in the Spirit because when you walk in the Spirit, you can continue to persevere through these things. And I think about like Slade and I get to see that and I wonder... Why is he suffering here? We don't want him to suffer. It's not fair for a child. But then I, I can't understand to see the big picture sometimes that there's been many people just that we know about have come to the Lord. Lane's been able to witness. Lane was one of them who come to the Lord because of Slade's suffering. And although it doesn't seem fair at this present time, as what it says, Paul says, that the sufferings, I, I believe that the sufferings of this life cannot compare or not even worthy to compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's there when we go, God, it was worth it for me to suffer. I couldn't care less if I ever bought another brand new vehicle if I knew my children were going to be saved from the sacrifice that I made. You know what I'm saying? Amen. That's what I want to encourage you this morning. Don't quit. 
Don't give up. Be patient. Okay? Be willing to accept it. I want to turn now to, to Hebrews. I want to show you and, and some last scripture here. Prove what I'm talking about. It's not just my opinion. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, this Hebrews chapter 11 is like the hall of fame of faith. All right, it's got all the people that you've ever heard in the Bible, Samson, David, Noah, you know, all of these ones, Abraham. And it talks about how through faith they did this and through faith and they got to see these things happening in their lives and that God blessed them and that they got to see all of these promises fulfilled. But then I want you to look at this, and a lot of this is us. All right, look in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35, and it says, After these things, after this faith, and, and the walls of Jericho fell down, and, and you got to see God blessing a lot of people's lives, he says, Women received their dead raised to life. I mean, people were seeing people raised to life. That's a move of God. But then look what it says, And others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. This is people's lives who stood for truth, looking for that promise. I'm sure they were probably questioning the Lord at this time, going, where's the deliverance? Where's all the promises? They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Now, when you read stuff like this, you think you start to think like I do. Hope uh, you know the, the struggles and the trials that I go through are minuscule compared to these people. And and here's the truth or reality: there's Christians around the world who are being beheaded today. The little five minutes of sacrifice we got to make sometimes here it doesn't even compare to what they have to go through. And it's stuff like this that Paul says even that doesn't compare to the glory that shall be revealed. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They didn't even they couldn't afford clothes. They had to wrap themselves in animal skins. Some of us might like that. But they were destitute, they didn't have houses, they were afflicted, tormented and of whom the world was not worthy. They didn't get along with the world. The world didn't accept them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth, all for Christ's sake. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. They had a good testimony of faith that they persevered through life, but their life never got better. That's what it says here. Their lives never got better. They never saw the promise. But continues on and he says, God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. He's talking about when it will all be revealed in the end. He says, your life may not. And that's the truth. I don't want you to... Here's why that's important to understand. Because if we tell you, we get up here and say, hey, come down the aisle, pray the prayer, become a believer, and your life's going to get better. The first time trials or tribulations come, and they will, if you're not in it now, just wait. 
They will come. Then what happens? This is when you start to see people stop coming to church. They start falling away and they go back to that old lifestyle because everything I was taught was a lie. This is something that the church has failed to do is to teach that troubles are going to be there. But guess what? Even if you don't see it in this life, God's promises are true because one day it will be revealed in us. And I want to encourage you this morning. Listen. If you go back and you look at Romans chapter 12, it says, Be joyful even in these times. You can sing, rejoice. You think Jeremy and all the team up here has got it together? I watched Jeremy this morning be frustrated because the sound was messed up. Then they goes in here and he talks about how they've had turmoil and everything else, just like everybody else. We've got to be transparent here. We've got to let people know we don't have it all together. So how can, how is it that we can get up and preach or teach or sing and rejoice in the Lord? Because we have hope. We have hope in Jesus that His Word is true. Why? Because we've seen it take a hold in our own lives and transform us on the inside. And even though my life may not get any better, and a lot of times the truth is when you strive to live godly, things get worse. They get worse here. Because, listen, we're not of this world. This is not our home. The, Paul says that our body and our spirit man wars against each other. The spirit wants to live for the Lord. Your body doesn't. And it's a constant battle. And this gets time. This gets very, very, I mean, it, it can. It can, it can cause times in our lives where we just want to give up and we want to quit. But I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in that state of life and you want to quit because your life hasn't gotten better things ain't working out don't give up always go back to the truth because i want to i want to finish with this when he says be joyful in hope be patient in affliction because they're going to come he goes on to, to say be faithful in prayer now, I want you to think about this. A lot of times when it says be faithful in prayer, in prayer, you think about, okay, that just means continue to go on and pray. But I want you to understand the definition of faithful. And the last thing I'll tell you is the definition of faithful means, I looked it up, the biblical definition was loyal, constant, and steadfast. It's something that's not changed by your circumstances or the outcome of your life. It's that you're loyal to the end. That's what it means. But I, I love this one. It says, staying true to the facts. Even when your circumstances and all of the things have come against you, always stay true to the facts. The fact of that God will come through on his promises. No matter what you're seeing now, always persevere. Be faithful in prayer. That means to be Always going back to God's Word. That's why we have to live by God's Word. It says, man shall not live by bread alone. That's Man shall not live by the circumstances or the things that you're seeing, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. That's the Bible. We should live by the Bible because when you go to the Bible and you read the God's Word and you see His promises, you, you have that hope. And it continues through the Holy Spirit to get you to persevere through this life. Would you stand with me this morning? If you don't know Jesus... Your life's not, 